0: hello and welcome to ascension cast this is the Acts project we are a podcast of the episcopal church of the ascension in knoxville tennessee walking through the book of acts i'm alexander thomas
1: i'm robbie lockett
2: i'm Jarrett blue hello hello hello
0: So today we are going to be discussing Acts chapters 16 through 18. And if you've read along, we are right after the Jerusalem Council. And you're going to notice that there's been a pretty big tonal shift. Kind of before in the earlier uh, chapters of Acts, when we looked at Peter and Paul and others, there was a big focus on these miracles that had taken place and these long sermons that were laid out beginning with Peter, but in the same thing with Paul. But now things are going to look a little bit different. And especially these three chapters are like this speed run of all these places that Paul is jumping to from from city to city to city to city to city. And it can be a little overwhelming. And so with all the city names, just know that Paul is walking around or traveling through Asia Minor and around Greece. Everything that he is in is, is just bouncing over those areas. And we're also going to change kind of the way we talk about this section, just because there's so many things happening. So instead of kind of walking paragraph by paragraph, like we usually do, we're going to touch on some major themes that are happening. And what we're going to find these first few themes that we look at is this expansion of the gospel and really kind of, um, talking about who it includes. And it's going to start off, what we're going to discuss is how women are involved.
1: And once again, women are not just involved, but they seem to be taking quite the lead. (laughs) Uh, We see pretty early in chapter 16, starting around verse 11, um, that uh, the gathering is at the house of a woman named Lydia. And the way she's described, it makes her look like she is... Uh, probably a, a well-to-do woman, maybe a businesswoman, something mm-hmm. like that. She might be a widow uh, because it doesn't mention her husband, but she does have a household, and so um, she is the one who makes room for um, for Paul and his you know fellow travelers to have a place to stay. Uh, probably a place to gather uh, all of the the people who are there to hear them uh, during their time. So, you know, we start off just like we saw uh, Mary back in Chapter 12 um, holding space for the, the early church. Here we see Lydia doing it and, um, you know, not only just holding space but taking a real leadership role when it talks about um, when Lydia sort of accepts the gospel and receives baptism, it's not just her, but it's Lydia and her household who are baptized. Yeah.
0: And and before we jump into baptism that we're about to do, just another comment kind of on the role of women in ministry in the early church. So later in this section, we're gonna see Aquilus and Priscilla. Mm-hmm. And what is just very fascinating to note is it starts off introducing the husband and then the wife, but then it begins later, just a few verses later, by mentioning Priscilla first. And that should stand out to you, because that's
1: unique. And you kind of get the sense that that's sort of Luke remembering his manners uh, at the first, (laughs) the first, and... uh, starting out with, uh, oh, yes, hi, Mr. Thomas, and uh, (laughs) pretty quickly reverting back to the way he actually talks about these people, and suddenly it's not Aquila and Priscilla anymore, but it is Priscilla Priscilla and Aquila and the folks that are following along with her. And it's worth noting, too, that Aquila and Priscilla accompanied Phoebe. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. When Paul sent his letter to the Romans, Phoebe was the one who took it there, and uh, Aquila and Priscilla... Both were named uh, in that letter as people to expect this to be coming from. And,
0: and just a, one last little note on that. So Phoebe would almost be seen as like a co-author of Romans with Paul and would have not just delivered this letter for people to read. She would go and preach it around to lots of different churches. And, and a church would look at this letter of, of Romans. They would read it everywhere. It may have taken years to write. And then they would have questions, and she would preach the answers to them. And so there's this inclusion of, yeah, women are helping lead the church, not just providing money, but they're the ones preaching and delivering the Gospels.
1: We, we have to see a picture of Phoebe preaching the letter to the Romans to the churches, which may well have been meeting in households just like Lydia's.
2: Yeah,
0: but it all starts there with Lydia and baptism.
1: Correct.
2: So Lydia is... You know, we're talking about baptisms, you know, earlier, and but Lydia is providing that example for her whole household. That you know, do we know whether all of the members of her household would presume that maybe she was a, you know, a woman of stature within the community, within her home, um, we have have financial means? Did that mean that all her, you know, support staff um, were <laughs> believers? We don't know, <laughs> um, but we do know that the whole household was baptized, and I think that is carried out through when we look at chapters 16 through 18 when we look at the guard who later then has his whole family baptized as well so kind of briefly looking at that story in um, 16 we find that that the guard uh, that, you know, Paul, you know, hasn't, of course, is arrested again. So it's like not a surprise. (laughs) And I say say that loosely. Um, But when he's in prison, um, he is, you know, shackles are released off his, you know, his his arms, his legs, and he's freed. Um, But he's the, the, um, we had a discussion earlier, but I guess if a guard, you know, lost a prisoner or they escaped, there would be a punishment. Is that right?
0: Yeah, so so as the note on that, that was my fun fact for later, uh, but that's apologies. okay. So uh, <laughs> is that um, if a soldier lost their prisoner as a way to stop corruption, because someone could be paid off, and so they would, they could torture that soldier or they could, could kill their family and, and not just kill, but um, do other graphic and bad things. And so um, this moment where the earthquake happens and they escape, Paul calls out, out of care and love for the soldier, don't harm yourself. We're still here, and that's because the, this soldier could have been about to commit suicide as a way of like saving face or keeping his honor, saving his family or something like that. And so that that goes into this deep care Paul has for his for his prisoners or, or the ones that are imprisoning him.
1: And he's and he's saying, "Don't harm yourself. We're still here." You know, I love the scene um, when mm-hmm. Paul and Silas are there in prison together and it's about midnight and, uh, they are, uh, as, as so often we see counted all joy. They're in prison, they're oh, yeah. in, in chains and shackles and they're singing hymns and praises to God. Uh, and it just reminds me of, uh, uh, you know, the, I'm sure they had very different songs than the ones that come to my mind, <laughs> but, uh, uh, just that kind of peaceful, um, in yeah. the midst of, of all sorts of unpeaceful things of uh, some of those old hymns that can uh, really yeah. uh, bring you some grounding and peace there. We, we didn't plan this, but I'll just
0: share my, my favorite hymn. I grew up on the Baptist hymnal. Um, it is it is well with my soul.
1: Which mm-hmm. year did you all use? Post-56 if it had it as well in it. Must have been the 91. It's I don't know, him old <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I grew up with it. It was in my DNA.
0: We didn't use a book. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but so that that song was written is is that the the author his family had gone ahead of him on a boat, and that boat crashed, and all of his all of his family died, his wife and kids, or, or and some of his kids. And so the the boat was on its way back, or, or he was on the next boat, and the captain stopped and quote unquote pulled the boat over. Where where it had, they had died, and he broke out and started singing this song on the ocean. It is well, it is well, with my soul, with my soul. I'm not gonna sing it. It's, I get goose. I'm, I've got little goosebumps now <laughs> singing that one. But there's this deep Christian peace that can yeah. come over you. And mm-hmm. in hard times, there's this reminder that God can use this thing for good and continue to work and
1: comfort you in it. You, know, you there's a, that here. Uh, while we're on the theme, there's also. Um... Uh, Precious Lord, Take My Hand has a very similar story. Mm. You know, Thomas A. Dorsey, who is different than Tommy Dorsey, the band leader, um, <laughs> he was uh, a, a gospel musician. He traveled quite a bit, and his wife was expecting a child. Um, when he kind of got a last-minute call to go to a place, and uh, you know, it, it's what you do. So he went and was there. And while he was there, he got word um, that his wife and the baby had died in childbirth. And um, oh gosh. Precious Lord take my hand is the the result of, of that experience. Well wow. now Robbie, you mind sending us a little bit of that?
2: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> But going back, you know, when we look in Acts though, it is interesting that, you know, Paul did take care of the jailer and provided, yeah. you know, some care to him to so say he wouldn't harm himself. And so then in return, the jailer is providing care to Paul by cleaning up his yeah. wounds and and then a- um, takes the takes Paul back to his home and he's baptized and he not only is just a jailer baptized his whole family's baptized mm-hmm. so we're still in that whole baptism mindset where you know we you know someone of stature in the community Lydia is baptized her whole household's baptized yeah. and same thing with someone presumably a uh, someone working in a prison is not going to have is not wealthy and they also are being baptized kind of with that whole idea that the the body of Christ is for ev- everyone is not just for, you know, those of means and or for those that are just poor.
0: Yeah. And, and again, that's kind of what we've seen in these themes is this expansion or this inclusiveness of the gospel. And so it, it is not just for men. It's for women too, as we see Um, Lydia again, she was, was most likely to be wealthy. The Roman foot soldier would have been poor. And so it's for the rich and for the poor. And as we're going to see continued in this kind of themes here, um, it's not just for Jews. It's increasingly clear. It is also for Greeks. And so the gospel includes everyone. And it's also not just for the old. It's for the young. And so there's a difference in mindset about baptism that's presented in Acts than many Americans would have, where we tend to think of baptism as individualistic and about what I'm saying that I made as my choice with my God. And it says no 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 there there's this covenantal and communal aspect where we're we're all joining in in this mission, and people are being raised into this mission and covenant and and
1: it is it's the whole families in a family uh, the family leaders make the promise um, sort of on behalf of yeah uh, everyone in their household and it's um you know it's not an individualistic thing <laughs> and it it reminds me of um when the, the, the paralyzed man was uh, lowered through the roof of mm-hmm. the house where Jesus was uh, teaching because they couldn't find a way in at the ground <laughs> level, so his friends carried him to the roof, they moved all the thatch out of the way, and they just lowered him right down basically <laughs> on top of Jesus. And Jesus marveled at them, and he told the man, because of the faith of your friends, mm-hmm. you are healed.
0: Yeah. Baptism does powerful things, and I think just like as we're seeing this gospel expand for the Gentiles or for the Greeks, just as we saw this circumcision was for the Jews, we're gonna see Paul begin to kind of lay out a systemized gospel for the Gentiles, is how I think of it at least, and and it starts with that line. So verse sixteen or chapter sixteen, verse thirty-one: Believe on the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. There it is. That that faith and it's connected with the baptism that comes and it's for everyone that's connected with you. But I think what also stands out to me in chapter 17, so this is that fun story of Paul talking about the unknown God. And what really I I find in this section is unique about this passage. It's been normal for us in the book of Acts to see really long sermons listed out. And we love reading sermons. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but we, we haven't seen that in a while. And these sermons are important in the book of Acts because they lay out the kind of concrete theology. Mm-hmm. They're oftentimes connected there around a miracle. But here we see this gospel laid out specifically for Gentiles, for Greeks. All these other sermons that we've seen have been primarily for a Jewish audience. This one is for us. And as our sermon guy, Ravi, I'm going to ask you to, <laughs> to give us an explanation of what... What the heck is happening here in Athens?
1: You know, we've seen all along in Acts, these sermons are, <clears throat> they're very selective um, in the way they present things, not that they're cherry picking or or something like that, but <laughs> just uh, picking out elements of uh, of the Israelite story yeah. to kind of make the point, whether that's um, you know, Peter at Pentecost talking about a new thing, or whether that's Stephen talking about things outside the temple, or, you know, all of those sermons, they, they all sort of moved in a direction, and here we see Paul in Athens just kind of set most of that aside, mm-hmm. um, because the Athenians don't know um you know, they're not going to pick up on an Exodus theme because they don't know the Exodus story. <laughs> and so it's it's going to not land very well. And so, you know, I love the way Luke talks about him in, in verse 21, here in chapter 17, he says, Now all the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. And they're just, you know, how... <laughs> how uh, modern and and contemporary does that sound that they're just chasing novelty all the time, they, <laughs> uh, they just need something it, you know they're they're doom scrolling in Athens uh, yeah. two thousand <laughs> years ago, but uh you know paul uh has been talking uh, with them for a few days and and some of them are saying you know he's some sort of preacher of foreign divinities or whatever, and they're just kind of. Fairly dismissive of him, uh, I, I, I doubt that they really took him seriously as a, a you know, an intellectual equal. Um, it, but then he goes out to the Areopagus, where which was an area in uh, Athens where they would kind of meet and and talk about all of these uh, some things new um, all the time, and uh, he he zooms in really quickly. And he said there's temples everywhere this is this place is just really cool you all have temples all over the place and he said but i also saw one with this inscription that it's to an unknown god and it, he takes that entry point and just Drives a truck right through it, you know. He's like, because you know, they've kind of the the idea was that they had a temple to an unknown god, and they would make their sacrifices there and offer worship, sort of just in case they'd missed somebody. Um, You know, it was we don't know who you are, but we who are we to say we've got all the gods that we. Got them all. So just in case, here you go. Covering and, all our bases. Uh, yeah, 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 very much. And and Paul comes in. and He says, No, 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 we no. Do that, too. that is the base. Yeah, that's the one. Right. Uh, yeah. That's the creator of everything. And he doesn't live in that temple. And he doesn't live in any temple. Uh, I think Paul was listening right before he mm. stoned Stephen. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, he doesn't listen. Live in a temple, uh, a, a place made with human hands. Um, but he is the creator of all that we see. And so he makes this entry of uh, into this kind of like Greek, poetic, philosophical yeah. way. He even quotes Greek poets. Yeah, uh, i so glad that you mentioned uh, that. You know, he's, he In starts out with a quote of Epimenides there. Uh, In him we live and move and have our being. Uh, and then he quotes uh, uh, another poet. Um, who is it? Erratus. Uh, yeah, Erratus. Uh, with uh, he said, for we indeed are his offspring, and so he's really presenting something quite radical mm-hmm. to the Athenians, uh, saying that there is in fact one God, which is not where they were, and he's saying that somehow we are connected to this God. We live and breathe and you know have our being through God, uh, and, and not only that, but we're his offspring, um, which uh, you know Alexander not Thomas, but Alexander, who conquered everything for the Greeks. um, uh, I like how you didn't say the
0: great, because like there was room that you might get confused (laughs) if you say the great. That (laughs) 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 That, wasn't really clarified. Like, well, which
1: one's great? No, it's, uh, you know, Alexander was a son of God. Uh, By this time, we we have Caesars, and, and the Caesars are taking the title son of God. Uh, But Paul is here talking to the Athenians saying, we are his offspring.
0: Yeah. I I find it just so powerful in this, A, just how Paul lays out a gospel that is accessible to those who are not Jews. So to Gentiles, (laughs) that that means everyone else. Um, I'm just so fascinated by this idea of him going and, A, he was knowledgeable of their, "Quote unquote," prophets of their of, of their, um, uh, philosophical culture, um, and plugs himself right into it to make this segue, and and then he lays out these these commands that how like God God overlooked these pastimes, so it's almost like the grace of God covered the past when people were unaware, but now is the time because of Jesus that um, it's the time when we have got to make sure everyone knows and and Paul comes to see that as his mission, and we see that as his drive, and it's it's just going to turn into Paul lost a lot of fear. Um, he's got this bravery he didn't have before.
2: Right, so Paul, you know, before, you know, needed, I feel like, visions to kind of provide, <laughs> like, you know, some assurance as to, you know, how he should proceed forward, and, you know, even what we had already have discussed, you know, the tone has shifted, you know, at this point with an ax, and I think it's kind of like you wonder like how did Paul even prepare Mm. to start speaking to these different groups it's like you know oftentimes when there's a a maybe a conflict in a you know a a very troubling situation you're going to tell someone like read the room like maybe that was not the best thing to say but like clearly (laughs) Paul like read the room he knew that he couldn't just start you know referring to things you know for for those that were uh, for not Jews you know so they had to approach it from what would be receptive would be something receptive for Gentiles Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that speaks volumes to him and like his confidence that he now has as he's going from, you know, on this pilgrimage from, you know, and it's in very short order. We go to so many cities, um, in three <laughs> chapters. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's just fascinating when we look at that, like how the, the confidence that we're seeing in Paul, or maybe mm-hmm. he's just frustrated. He doesn't care anymore. So who knows? <laughs> like, <laughs> who cares if they're like trying to stone me, I'm going to still say what I have to he, say.
0: He's a, he's a man on mission and and i think what we're really seeing too it's the establishment again like of paul as a bishop and and leader of the church and we see that especially where it stands out to me is at the very end of 18 there's that line like about apollos who's this other guy that's preaching and then priscilla and aquila come and and, and correct him of his um they they commend him in his mission but correct him in his theology and and they're pulling it in line into Paul like they're saying, well no, this is the the message that Paul preaches. And so Paul is the protector of faith. um he's seen as a standard and and again that's what a bishop is. They're the ones who hold the faith together in unity and and so we're seeing this rise of Paul.
2: So I think this is like a great time as we you know, maybe conclude some of our time with you all on this podcast about was looking, recapping chapter 16 through 18 with some fun facts. So <laughs> yeah. what stands out to everyone as they went through?
0: Well, the Roman soldier who was going to commit suicide in Paul's suicide prevention, but, but that's okay. That's a great fun fact. It was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, t- you know, I've mentioned before how I, I feel like Luke is sort of uh, name-dropping in a lot of cases just to make this story kind of hit home to whoever's reading it. He, he, whoever your kind of pet apostle is, he uh-huh. gets his moment, you know. Right. And so um, uh, here, though, we see where Luke is kind of like place name-dropping, and uh, it tends to line up fairly well with all of these letters that we see yeah. uh, floating around in the rest of the New Testament, uh, you know, he's talking a lot about what's going on in Antioch and Lystra. Uh, yeah, I, I thought on a tangent while researching, like following
0: this and the chronology of Paul's letter and missions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Not worth bringing up in here. But. But,
1: but, you know, you see, you see Galatians there with Lystra and Antioch and all oh, of that. Yeah. You see, he's introduced two of the people who take the letter to the Romans mm-hmm. to the Romans. He's uh, talking about Paul in Corinth. Um, we'll we see that uh, Apollos is in Ephesus, and Paul is about to go there. Um, we, the thessalon you Thessaloniki is uh, mentioned also. so it's just kind of like, Hey, all these letters. Here's why, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, so Paul, I guess is not
2: about just the ministry. He's also an uh, influencer as well. So <laughs> yes, <thank you. laughs> I think that's pretty amazing. My,
0: my other fun facts was this. Okay. This line about a haircut, which I'm honored to say, father Christopher didn't remember this one either. <laughs> he stopped in right before we clicked record. But, um, what was that chapter 18 in verse verse 18 of chapter 18. So there's this like random line where it's like he had his hair cut for, he was under a vow. Like it's just this throwaway line. It's so random. But what that could be is there's something called um, the, the Nazarene vow. And so that is where, so what, when we were in college, it was no BIC, no booze, no body. So no BIC, you couldn't cut your hair. So you don't okay. shave um, no booze. You weren't allowed to drink. And then no body. You couldn't touch a dead body. Oh wow! Okay, and so, so um, <laughs> I I think the significance of that line showing up in here is we're seeing a transformation. Not not of Paul's priorities, and not of his seriousness. He is still serious, but his mission has changed from mm-hmm. this kind of like he's not a Pharisee anymore. He's he's an apostle.
1: Well, uh, the, and so it's changing. And you know, we could probably draw some parallels there too of the kind of the the quintessential biblical Nazirite is Samson. Yeah. Um, and uh, of course, you know, all of his drinks,
0: strength... his, his three stories are breaking the vows. Uh, that's, that's Samson's mm-hmm. whole life.
1: Yeah. He, he breaks the vows, but of course his strength in, is in his hair. Yeah. And here we see Paul cuts his hair and then goes off it's... boldly. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> oh, that's so, true. I didn't yeah. think about it like that. That's interesting. You, you know, and, and there's that, or, or there's the thing of, did Matthew mean when he said that Jesus that it was prophesied that Jesus would be a Nazarene, did he mean a Nazarite? (laughs) Um, And I guess another maybe concluding fun
2: fact would be, was Paul petty when he was in (laughs) prison? Like, you know, okay, so follow me here, everyone. So, you know, Paul is is, is, is tried with, he doesn't have a jury trial or anything Mm. we're familiar with. He's in prison and he has this, you know, he's, gone through the baptism portion with the um, the uh, the guard. And at this point, he's the magistrates then come back the next day and say that you're free to leave. And he mm-hmm. says, no, like I'm not leaving until basically like he's wanting like an apology. He wants like a whole public <laughs> display of it. And I guess that's, you uh. kind of wonder like why was that? And I think maybe it was like, did he know he was gonna come back? To this community later, and wanted to like set the tone,
1: um, or what? But you know, seems- I love how he never leads with that either. Yeah, you know, like he just lets them arrest him and throw him in jail and abuse him, and that's all fine. And it's only after all of that that By he's right. like, "Way I'm Roman." Yeah, he right. guys, <laughs> yeah. I'm a Roman am gonna drop this little fact on yeah. everyone. <laughs> I
0: don't know. He has a reputation for being a jerk, though, <laughs> so <laughs> maybe that's <laughs> a story. Um my last fun fact was: uh, we see pa- uh, uh, Paul's job, so being a tent maker, that pops up here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. You can you can be as powerful in the church and still work a job. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a mission of life, not just a
1: vocation. Yeah, Paul right. was a bivocational preacher. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I would say that's about all the all the time that we have. Uh, for today. Thank you for joining with us here in the Axe Project. we covered a lot of different things and we're going to keep covering through the book of Acts. So you are welcome to come and join us next week as we continue to journey on through Acts. Peace.